Welcome to Redefining Balance for Working Moms podcast, where we believe life balance is possible. Uh, Yes, even for you. You might just have to redefine what it looks like for yourself. I'm your host, fellow working mom and founder of Your Life Rocks, Jenny Stemmerman. Each week, I'll bring you practical, real-life tips to help you focus on the things that matter most in life and be the best version of yourself in every area that God has called you to. Ready to redefine what balance looks like for you and your life? Let's go. Hey there, friends. I am so excited for you to be hanging out with me today. If this is your first time finding our podcast, welcome. I am so excited that you are here. This is the place for working Christian moms. Your Life Rocks is all about providing you tips and inspiration to help you grow to be the very best you can be in everything that God has called you to. And that mission holds true whether you're listening to this podcast, whether you're watching our videos over on YouTube, you are taking a course inside of our app or anything else. We are truly here to support you as a working mom. And I have to tell you, I am so beyond excited for today's episode because we have been working on this episode for almost a year. I say we because this is something that Kimberly Walton, who has been on this show a number of times, probably the most out of any guest, I consider her our marriage lifestyle expert also because she's contributed so much to our resources inside of the Life Balance Membership for the area of marriage. But this is something that Kimberly came to me almost a year ago and said, I really want to do an episode with you on equalitarian marriage, meaning like sharing equal, equal responsibilities in a marriage. And I thought it was an amazing idea for an episode but we're both very busy and trying to find time for us to get together to cover this topic is a little bit difficult. So our members a few weeks ago, I'm going to say even over a month ago on our member only podcast got an exclusive behind the scenes look at the conversation Kimberly and I were having before we hit record. Well, obviously we were recording, but before we were actually getting into the meat of, of today's episode. So if you are a member and you missed that in the member exclusive podcast, you can go back and have a listen. Now, if you missed last week's episode, I urge you to go back and and listen to that episode because it really is talking about reclaiming the year of 2020. Although it's been crazy, although it's been nutso of a year, there's still time for us to reclaim and make this the year of the Lord, really making this the year that we put a stake in the ground and turn our focus to God and use him as a filter in which we do everything else in our life. Now, in last week's episode, I give you a five-step approach, practical steps that you can take to living that idea out. And I mentioned in there that we are getting ready to kick off a brand new Life Balance course inside of Life Balance membership. Of course, the Life Balance course has always been the backbone of Life Balance membership. It is the systems that we teach a 90-day system in helping you create more balance in your life. And we're redoing the course a little bit. So I'm really excited because the changes that we have in the course, the core of it is staying the same. However, I often talk about the differences between a life-changing goal, a lifestyle goal, versus goals in each different area of your life. That might be a career change, if you're moving your house, if you are having some major issues with your marriage or your kids that really need a lot of focus from you. Or it could be something like you want to lose a lot of weight or there's a serious health concern, um, like a diagnosis that you really need to be paying attention to. 
There's a number of things that can kind of be sucking our attention away from other areas of our life. And so we've designed now the Life Balance course to address those things. You can pick one big lifestyle goal to carry you through that 90-day period of time, but still going week by week in the other areas of your life, applying the system that we have. Now, we're also doing it a little bit more prescriptive. So I will be guiding you through what a week focusing on your faith, your marriage, parenting, home, health, finances, career, friends, and fun. I think I might've missed one in there, but all eight areas of life are guided through in the life balance system. So I'm really excited to be doing that with our members. We started at the beginning of September, but it's not too late. You can still join us. Go to lifebalancemembership.com to get started. Now, if you are listening to Kimberly Walton and I for the first time, let me just tell you a little bit about who she is. Kimberly is a marriage mentor, speaker, writer, and a women's retreat leader who specializes in working with Christian women to create and nurture wildly successful marriages. She is the founder of Cherished Wives International, a coaching practice dedicated to strengthening marriages and increasing intimacy and connection through her unique and love approach. The In Love program addresses the six principles that are part of a successful marriage by focusing on the whole person and taking a wholehearted approach. The thing I love about Kimberly is that one, she's super funny. (laughs) Two, she's super real. And three, she is just so full of wisdom and life experiences and really knows what she's talking about. And the reason why I'm so excited about this topic is it is like the number one thing I see And Facebook groups, it's the number one thing I hear about from other moms. And I've even experienced this myself where I feel like I am doing everything. (laughs) And I just want my husband to help out. I want him to do more. And sometimes I wonder, like, should we have a 50-50 marriage? And this is exactly what Kimberly and I are going to be discussing in today's episode. So I'm really excited for you to have a listen. So without further ado, let me get into my interview with Kimberly. Kimberly, welcome back to the podcast. It has been too long. You're one of my favorite people to have on here because you have so much wisdom. And this particular conversation is so needed and I it touches really close to my heart. So I'm really excited that you're here and honored that you're here to guide us through what a 50-50 marriage should look like or if it shouldn't look like that and all of that. But before we get to everything you have to share, tell us a little bit of what's been going on in your life. Well, my life is in some ways, similar to everybody else's, you know, we're doing the the quarantine sort of thing, the being sequestered at this point in time. So hopefully when people listen to this years from now, they won't like what, Um, but I'm doing kind of the same things. I'm, I'm working with my clients on video and not really going into the office and doing a lot of writing. Um, You know, my husband and I have decided, we know what, we're going to get some of those books done that we want to do. But, you know, it's just an interesting time. A lot of, lot of adjustments like your listeners would be going through and hopefully, you know, everybody's just doing fine. But we're, we're kind of doing the same thing. More family time for us. Again, more writing and just working with people kind of remotely. I am so excited that you guys are going to be writing. Now, for anyone who doesn't know about your husband, because people who are fans of the show or have listened to the show a little bit, they are pretty well equipped with who you are. But talk to us a little bit about Joel, because people might not know that much about your husband. Yeah. So my husband's a therapist. um, So we're both in basically the industry of saving marriages. He works with 
people also who have problems with addictions and gamblings and sometimes porn addictions, and um, they're going through any sort of life transition. And sometimes that transition is just, you know, getting married, um, which is a transition or having children. So he's a licensed marriage and family therapist here in California. And so he works with some, some of the stuff that's a little heavier than I do. And it's kind of a, a one-two thing where sometimes we're both working with the same couple and all that, but he and I both are just in the industry of helping people. I love it. And I love that you guys are going to be writing some books together. We were talking a little bit before we started recording about some of the books that you're writing, because I'm always interested in the things that you're doing. It's like a help series, right? So talk to us about that first book that you had talked about in the series. Is it Help My Husband's Lazy? It's, yeah. So I have this, <laughs> <laughs> it's, and that sounds so bad, but it's really, it's not that bad. Um, the idea is a series of books that are not huge books, but they're on a specific topic. And so the first one that we're working on is one called Help, Help I Have a Lazy Husband, How to Get Your Husband to Help More Around the House and with the Kids. And it's just the idea of, uh, I don't want to, actually, I don't want to say just because it's, it's really got a lot of meat to it. It's understanding with the different types of, um, you know, characters, like I call it mama, boy, Matt, you know, those, why people are not doing some of the things around the house, how to communicate it. And I, I have this thing called the smart approach. And it's, it's not like uh, most people know smart, like, you know, have measurable goals and that kind of thing. It's a little bit different. And I've been working with it with my clients for years now. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is totally different. This is, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't find myself nagging or sighing or rolling my eyes. I'm like, yeah, well, those weren't working anyway. Um, <laughs> so let's try something new. And I say that a lot with my clients actually is like, I'm like, well, is that working? And they're like, no, I'm like, let's try something new. You know, if that's not working, let's try something new. So that's the first one that we are working on. I'm about, uh, I think it's about 12,000 words into it. So I'm hoping to just double that. I don't want it to be a huge a huge undertaking, but my kind of beta testers with some of my clients. And and if any of your listeners want to give impact or they want to be willing to be interviewed or anything like that, I would have them email me. They can email me at hello at cherishedwives.com. I would love to hear their story and give them some tips. Awesome. Awesome. I am so excited for this book to come out. And the reason why I wanted to mention that book up front is because I feel like it is such a great segue into some of the things that we're going to be talking about today. Absolutely. They go hand in hand in some ways, because that's one of the, one of the challenges we have with the idea of the egalitarian or 50-50 relationship. Some of the beliefs that we have are tied into, is my husband really being lazy or is he not? So these are kind of related topics. Yeah, absolutely. And so let's first talk about this whole 50-50 marriage thing and really where this idea of a 50-50 marriage and this conversation that you and I had talked about, gosh, we just had this conversation, I feel like a year ago, of wanting to record on this particular subject. But talk to me a little bit about where this idea for you and your passion behind this idea came from. So there's a couple of different things that have led me here. And one is um, looking at relationships in general. One of the most common issues that I have that I hear from my clients and I work with women is I don't feel like my husband's doing enough around the house. And I think the the women's movement and I'm not anti-feminist movement, but the women's movement said everything is supposed to be equal and fair. And so there's a belief system that is starting to filter into things which it hasn't really been ferreted out. And so 
what we have is people say, well, I want things 50-50 or I want it egalitarian. And today I'm going to talk really about when it comes to chores and tasks, not people being equal in a relationship. Because when it comes to relationships, husband and wife, I do believe that they are basically equal. You guys have to figure out how to deal with if you if you both have a vote, what happens? Who's the tiebreaker? And that's really a better, that's a conversation we can have in another topic. But my clients repeatedly, I hear them saying, I want everything equal. I want fair. I want a true partnership. And what I'm finding is that they, they're saying usually that I want my chores and everything. I want to feel like it's 50-50. I want a 50-50 proposition. And that's, I love that people want things to be fair. The problem is, is that I don't think fair is what we should be striving for. We need to strive for balance. And that's an interesting thing because we know when we are striving for balance, if you're walking, most of the time you're walking, you are not balanced because Mm -hmm. you're shifting your weight. But yet you, and even if you stumble a little bit, you still are still moving forward. And so I usually work with my clients, first of all, what does 50-50 mean? What does egalitarian mean? What does balance mean? And so what I like to do is I like to say, we want to strive for balance, not necessarily equality. And I mean by equality, 50-50, okay? And, and the other thing we have to realize is that we're looking at, I want a 50-50 relationship with chores and tasks is we have so many different inputs and influences, especially nowadays. You know, if you've got younger kids that when school starts, there's there's all of a sudden five hours of paperwork and there's new schedules and there's kids activities and there's sports throughout the year. And then there's the weather in your area that changes everything. Do you have to do yard work or not yard work? And then holidays affect everything. So when people are looking for the 50-50, so often they want a, a like a schedule, like a chore chart, but it doesn't have any flexibility in it to accommodate all these changes. And so I want my clients to say, it's more like walking. Here's what we think is going to happen. One foot in front of the other, but there's a pothole, but there's a this, but there's a that. How can I maintain balance with my partner and our household, not be measuring if things are 50-50? Yes, 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 yes. And you know, the reason why I love this topic and I really wanted to address it is So my husband and I, we've been married for, gosh, almost 21 years now, a long, long time. And early on, thank you, early on in our marriage, we struggled a lot because I was always trying to make it 50-50. I mean, Mm -hmm. I would make chore charts for my husband, which, you know, I make those for my kids. (laughs) Making that for my husband certainly changed the dynamics. And then if he didn't do what was on the chore chart, it just was like a, a reason to fight, really. And it created a lot of tension for us for years trying to figure out, well, how do we split things 50-50? How do we make things fair around the house? And it became like this chip on my shoulder where I was always keeping score of, well, my score is higher of the things that I'm doing around the house than yours. So what else are you going to do? And then causing, it was like always causing problems, always causing problems. And Absolutely. It's and you so bring up the hard. point, it's like that what you do with your kids. So now you're his mom and you're not his lover and not his wife and not his friend. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. But why do people, why do we naturally want to go towards almost like a scorekeeping of, of 50-50 and counting and, and really monitoring that? Because I do see this, I mean, I've experienced it obviously in my own life early on in my marriage, but I also see it so many times in Facebook groups and when I'm talking to friends and it seems like it's, 
everywhere. So why do we always naturally go towards this 50-50, let's count it up, split it up and make it even? Yeah. Well, and, and you bring up my first point and that's the monitoring. And we are always as humans trying to find out, am I getting my fair share? Is there more for me? We as humans have this weird thing about us where we always seem to feel a sense of lack. We are not getting enough. I want more. It's that whole comparison thing online and stuff like that. And so one of the biggest hurdles getting over with this 50-50 is that monitoring component, right? Because if you have a chore chart or don't have a chore chart, I guarantee you, if you are insisting on a 50-50 kind of relationship when it comes to chores and tasks, that you're going to be monitoring. Did I give more than 50%? Well, I somehow got shafted because I gave more than 50. Am I getting less than my 50% that I should be getting? No relationship can survive that constant scorekeeping, right? And when we watch stuff on TV, if you watch sports and they're scorekeeping, when your team's not ahead, you're like, oh my gosh, I feel defeated and you get angry. And all of these icky feelings, that never are they the wonderful feelings. All those things start bubbling up, right? Because we also then get into comparison. So if you're in the position where you're constantly judging and criticizing your mate's performance, did they give 50? Did they give the 50 they were supposed to? Um, there's no flexibility. There's a real problem there. A marriage cannot survive, right? It also, this, this kind of a cautionary tone with the monitoring is, it also leads us into a power struggle. Mm-hmm. This is where both parties start vying for control and to dominate. And if your husband doesn't feel like he can achieve, the only thing he can do is basically sit on the couch and do nothing. It's like, I get to win because I I didn't have to listen to you or I get to win because I get to be resistant. Yeah. And that's not what we want. It's like, if I can't win, I'm stopping. It's kind of like when you have little kids and they're throwing a tantrum and they don't want to go to the store or something and they stop and you have to like almost drag them, (laughs) right? Yes. It's kind of the same thing. It's like the only power I have is to resist you. And that's not what we want. We never want the power struggle between us and our mate to be one person's only way to win is to resist. Yes, yes. And that is exactly why we had our issues in our marriage early on when I was trying to make everything 50-50 because I was being bossy. And, you know, like, this is what I'm telling you to do. And my husband was like, "Mm, no, (laughs) I'm I'm not going to be told what to do. But when we would have like, actual intelligent conversation without the emotion in it, we both agreed. Like we want to be sharing of the chores. We we agreed things should be equal. It wasn't like he was always like, well, you're the woman, you have to be cleaning the house and I don't have to because I'm the man. He agreed that we should share. So then my immediate mind went to, okay, well, let's create a system then that we can share. But then it just created this whole ugly dynamic between the two of us. So I love the way that you very clearly paint the picture of how that doesn't work. Yeah. And, and your nature, you know, people have to understand their nature and what the nature of their mate is. So your nature is let's come up with a system. Let's come up with a schedule. Let's achieve it. We can check it off. That's who you are. And that's Mm -hmm. not wrong. But if your husband's nature isn't that, then the conversation has to happen on how can I let my nature be, be what it is and also your nature. And these, these challenges we have, they don't have to break relationships. These are perfect opportunities to grow. I don't find challenges in relationships to be a scary thing. I actually love them. I'm like, fabulous. We get to learn something. We get to grow out of this. We get to 
take this and be stronger on the other side and maybe use it as a thing down down the road where you get to laugh and go, oh, look what I'm doing again. I'm making a chore chart. Okay. Okay, honey. <laughs> you know, and use it as a banter and a playfulness. I love it. I love it. It's so good. And it's, it is a learning experience. I mean, now my husband and I, we work together and my nature is very much alive in our business and what we do and in my work. I plan everything and I've got, you know, my project management software all lined up and I have systems in the way of which I run the day. But early on in my marriage, doing this, knowing that this kind of stuff doesn't work for my husband, I don't expect him to log into our project management software and mark things off. Like I have taken it on to the thought, yes, that's going to be my duty of having Mm -hmm. a conversation with him and finding out, okay, yeah, he did do that. And I'm going to be the one marking that off. But him, me trying to force him into operating the way that I operate, I feel like really dishonors him and who he is as a person. Absolutely. And it's a recipe for disaster. It really is. It's, you can't, this is the, the square peg into a round hole. It just doesn't work. The only way you make that work is if you pound it. And that's not what we should be wanting for the person that we're said that we want to spend our life with, you know, and that that's an, that's a really important point because you're talking about a lack of flexibility. And if you have a partner and they do things differently and some things they do better and some things you do better, you want to play to that. You want to understand that. And it makes more sense to divide tasks and activities based on who enjoys them, first of all. You enjoy checking those things off. That's who you are. Do it, right? Who Mm -hmm. enjoys them and who's better at them? So rather than what's equal, if you said, well, on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, you have to go in and check things off, that's not equal. For you, you have a certain enjoyment out of it. It's really, even even if it takes you both an hour, it's not equal because he hates it so much. Yeah. How is that? How do we even define the 50-50? I have a friend of mine who doesn't cook and... I mean, seriously, she doesn't cook. She can go to go to the restaurants and pick stuff up, but she doesn't cook. Her husband does all the cooking. And people are like, oh, I know people who the women do all the cooking, like I would never allow that. And it's like, that doesn't make any sense. For their family, it works. But she says, I like doing the kitchen cleanup. I like having it all cleaned up afterwards. That works for them. That's what we have to find is, what is what is it that works for that family? And as her kids have gotten older, they've assigned the kitchen cleanup has shifted to the kids. And she's like, this is kind of cool. I stop and get groceries. My husband cooks, my kids do it. We're all happy. You know, I have another friend who loves to do yard work and her husband doesn't. And that's okay. We don't have to go with the stereotypical, but we also want to go with recognizing what chores do you like? What chores do you not like? And going with that, because I guarantee you, if the chores you like, you're signed up for those, you're like, oh, okay, I can go do it. It's not a big deal, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than it being a freaking chore. Yes, yes. Okay, so now I want to bring up something here because this is one of the things that I struggled with and I'm sure other people struggle with as well is looking to see what other people are doing in their marriage. So when someone sees, like when I hear like there's someone someone's husband who does all of the cooking for them, I think, oh, if only my husband would do that. So how much does that mental piece of looking at other people and comparing kind of change the way that we view our own marriage? Oh, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. And and I I swear, I mean, I'm 55, I think now. Um, And in the last 20 years, and I would even say 10 years, our comparison levels have gone through the roof and we're spending so much time trying to find out if we measure up. 
And the only people we need to figure to measure up to are ourselves. Am I really doing the best job? And my mate. So let me just say one thing before I talk more about the comparison is we don't really have models for success in a lot of these cases. If you look back in time where you had the Aussie and Harriet kind of thing, um, you know, leave it to Beaver's family, then that worked because mom would stay at home and dad went to work and they had a system that worked. And that's, that's a different time frame. And we're mm-hmm. still trying to figure out nowadays when you have different work schedules and different things with kids and, and kids are, you know, most people's kids are always active and doing things. And, and we've got this and we've got access to fast food and so many things. We really have a lack of a model for success. And so that's part of the reason we are comparing who's doing it, who can show me how to do it. Because our parents weren't really a good model because they lived in a different time frame. They had different resources than we do. And so now we're scrambling to find these success models. And I've worked with enough couples to know that there really isn't a formula. There is no formula that says, for you, for you, for you, this is going to work. You have to come up with your own formula and know that that formula is going to change based on season, based on something new being thrown in your life and stuff like that. So we have to stop looking for some sort of formula or chore chart or whatever that says, if we just do these things, it'll all be okay. And that formula that we create with our family, if we're going to use the word formula, that has to be something we develop for our family that has a certain amount of flexibility and mutability to it. So that's why we start comparing because we're scrambling to find, are we doing it right? And we don't know how to do this. We don't know how to do this. So we're looking for other people who are, you know, influencers or seem to have a happy marriage or whatever. And it's like, there's too many things in the way. There's too many differences between you and these other people to have, to follow even their pattern. You know, I'm going to, I want to throw out something. I have a, years ago, I was reading an article And it was talking about traditional gender roles for chores in the home. And one of the things they were saying is that when you go with traditional gender roles where men are doing more of the feminine chores and women are doing one of the masculine chores, we are in a a weird little um, power struggle. And those women who are doing more of the masculine chores are actually citing that they have a lower sexual satisfaction in their marriage when they're doing more of the masculine chores. And the men who are doing more of the feminine chores are reporting that they have um, less sex than their counterparts who are doing more of the masculine chores. So we're still stuck in some of these old ideas and patterns, but yet we're still trying to be in a modern world. And without conversations and without saying, well, what do you really like to do? And what do you, what, what makes you happy? Like, I love to vacuum. So mm-hmm. get out of my way and let me be the vacuumer. So it's like, I've actually snapped at my husband, like, I was going to vacuum. He goes, oh, I, I was being nice. I'm like, but I was going to vacuum. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yes. like, he took my chore. He was being kind. And now I'm snapping at him for taking my chore. So we have to understand that we have a real lack of success models for this. So it has to be a customized approach for your family. Now, let's talk about that comparison a little more, okay? Yes. So comparison, the only thing that comparison leads you to is a feeling of inadequacy. Mm, so true. Have you ever compared yourself to somebody else? Now, your inadequacy usually means I'm not quite doing it right. Or sometimes what will happen is you'll get on your high horse and you'll be like, "Mm," you'll step into judgment and go, oh, look, I'm doing it better than them. Yeah, yeah. It's not good. 
no way. Either you're feeling superior and you're judging other people and you're not staying in your own lane or you feel inadequate because again, you're not staying in your own lane. You have to look at, is this working for me? Is this working for me and my family? If it is not, then let's adjust it. If it is, then quit paying attention to what everybody else is doing because you're looking at what they're doing on social media. And I know, and we've said this before, I know what people put on social media because I've had clients put stuff up and it's like, you were just in my office yesterday and you're threatening (laughs) to leave your husband. And now you have a family picture up talking about how grateful you are. You are a fraud. So don't believe any of that stuff on social media because it's a lot of it isn't, just not accurate. So, so why would you compare yourself to some sort of altered reality from somebody who's not even, you know, being yeah. honest? Yeah. And I love that you make that correlation between the comparison and the no model that we don't really know what to do. So we're looking for a model to follow. And then we might not necessarily have like this Pinterest model that we found. So then we're just looking around to be like, oh, what is, you know, the person across the street doing or the person on social media doing, or what is Kimberly doing? in her marriage and how can I make that work, you know? And I think that there, that there is so much truth in that of just not knowing what to do. And that's where the comparison really comes into play, but there's gotta be a solution to this, right? Like there's gotta be a way that we can figure out what to do. So what does that look like? Right. So a couple of things I've already sort of alluded to is it has to be customized. Your approach has to be customized for you. And I don't even care if everybody around you says, well, I wouldn't put up with that. If it's working for you and your family, that's what matters because that's where Amen. your priorities should be. Amen. So, so let the other people, the naysayers, um, and I have that where I have clients come in and they come up with a plan and all this stuff. And then they're like, well, my friends said I shouldn't tolerate that. I'm like, your friend's not living with your husband and living in your house. Your friend is not the one who has to deal with the fact that your husband's now sleeping on the couch. This doesn't help. So sometimes I get a little tough with my clients. I'm like, mm, no, where this is, you're living in your house. I want you guys to be having family dinners and having great sex. And I want you guys to be planning vacations. And if your friend is interrupting and making that not happen, your friend needs to step back a little bit. So, so one of the things we have to do is we have to also understand human nature. And our human nature is we're, we never judge things evenly. You know, my 50% is more important than your 50%. And, mm-hmm. and my 50% is more than you gave. We both, we both did the job, but I'm going to find all the little ways you didn't get it done, done properly, partly because it wasn't done my way, right? Yes. It wasn't yep. done the way yep. I did it. Absolutely. And so so we have to, we have to understand that just because something is different, okay, it doesn't make it wrong and it doesn't make it bad. So that's one of the first things I work on with my clients is I say that when your mate completes a job, you're always going to be able to find something they didn't do properly. They didn't do it fast enough. They didn't load the dishwasher exactly the way you did. I like to put the knives in upside down. My husband likes to have them up. I have a logic to that. And that's fine, right? If he's loading it, he gets to load it his way. So don't be his mom and go behind the scenes, that kind of thing. So we have to, first of all, recognize that done different, as long as it's done, doesn't mean equal or bad. We got to buy into that belief. If you can't, then the rest of it, I almost can't help you, right? Yeah. So it's okay to do something different. And honestly, different sometimes means better. Like, oh my gosh, that's a way better way to do this, right? And it's even okay to ask your mate, why do you do that? 
right? So for example, and I might've shared this before, when my husband drives and there's two lanes that are turn lanes, he always stay, goes to the outside turn lane when he's turning. And I always say, why not? Even if there's like five cars, he says, because if the car in the other lane gets stalled or anything like that, I'm now trapped. But in this case, I'm not trapped. I can always go around him. I can do other things. And I'm like, oh, because I'm like, we'll go to the shortest one. Yeah, this, yeah. You know? And it's, or he'll, he'll park further out in the parking lot than I would, but he's going to park in the shade. So when we come out, it's cooler. So is that wrong? Is it different? Is it bad? You know, it's a different goal and that's okay to, to do that. So we have to subscribe to the belief that different does not equal bad and it does not equal wrong. Okay. So that's the first thing we're going to do. Now, the other thing is that's super important is we have to look at, again, the things that you like doing and he likes doing. What is it? And so, um, you know, I gave, I sent you along a handout if you want to share it with listeners. And I know if you probably put it in the membership is I always have my clients go through and say, what are the things I like to do? What are the things I don't like to do? Like, I really would never want to do these ever if I didn't have to. And what are the things I'm like, oh, I could do these. Maybe, maybe not all the time, but I could do them. Do them for each of you. And you know what you're going to, people will find is they will be surprised at some of the things their mate will put in there. Like some of the things that I've had um, wives go, well, I had no idea he really liked to do that. And it's like, well, how did you not know that? Well, because I just did it. Well, let's <laughs> give it to him because it's not on your list. So that's the first thing. We've got to find out what is it both of you want to do? And what is it both of you don't want to do? And what is it you could tolerate? The other thing is we have to find out, is there anything that you both don't want to do that we can farm out? Yes. Is there, is there a high school student that can come over and clean your toilets for $10 an hour? Because if so, hire them. Because that $10, when you guys are fighting and frustrating, you'd be like, man, I will take that $10. I will not eat for a week so that I cannot have this argument. So people go, oh, I don't have the money. I'm like, you can find the money for some of these things. If it's creating that much strife and struggle in your relationship, you can find the money for it. Yeah, okay. it's worth it. It really is. And I don't mean you have to pay for a house cleaner every two weeks for $100 because not everybody can afford something like that, right? So we got to look at what they want to do, what you want to do. The other thing is that we have to be really clear on who's doing what and what's the time. So I like to give people a list and say, what are all the chores your family has to do with? And I mean, lay it out. It might be four pages of chores that you have to list. Things from changing the smoke alarm batteries seasonally. Those things count because mm-hmm. um, sometimes, I mean, for our house, because we have a high vaulted ceiling, in order to do that, we have to go borrow the neighbor's ladder that is like a 16 foot ladder. And she has to be home to do that. So we've got a plan. So we have to borrow the ladder. We have to get up on the ladder. Somebody has to be there to make sure nobody's going to fall to hold the ladder stable. We've got to make sure we've got the battery and it has to be changed. And we have four different smoke detectors we have to change. So it's like a whole ordeal. It's a half a day's worth of a journey. And you have to think ahead because you got to go to the store and get things. So that's my husband's job. It would be really easy for me to discount that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so those things have to be put in there. The, the hanging up a shelf and making sure we have screws and making sure the battery is charged for the electric um, screwdriver kind of thing. That's my husband's job. And so I like to say to my women and my men, I want you to list all the things you think you do. The things that are the things running in the back of your head. My husband does some of the stuff where he takes the car in for the oil change and gets the tires rotated. That's in the back of his head. It's not in the back of mine. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. And those things count. So maybe he doesn't do the dishes as much. Maybe he doesn't vacuum as much. Maybe he doesn't do as much laundry. But my car is never late in service. My battery gets changed every season and those kind of things. And we forget because it's not the part we're doing, especially Mm -hmm. if it's a day-to-day. So I say, list all those things. Have your mate go into detail. They're like, well, that doesn't count. It does count. It does count because it also sets us up for being grateful for what our mate does because that's another component here. And once you can say, wow, this is really all the stuff I'm doing. One of my um, clients, her husband coaches two little league teams because one of the kids has gone to the next level and he's got to do all the emailing of parents. He's got to make sure he's got this. He's got to make sure he's got that, all of this stuff. And that's a seasonal thing. So I say, well, seasonally, when he's got all this on his task, what do you take off his plate? And she's like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, seasonally, he has now like another 15 to 20 hours a week that he has to do. Are you taking anything off of his plate? She's like, well, uh, uh, uh." I'm like, okay, so we got to look at seasons. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are some of those things that we have to look at. Now, I don't want anybody to feel like they're a doormat or a victim. And I don't want anybody to, to start playing the martyr role. That's where communication comes in kindness comes in and supporting each other's hopes and dreams. When my husband went back to school and had to get his license, I mean, he had to do 3000 hours of free work working with people. And so everything revolved around him. And, and that was okay because that's part of my job. And I know that when things are struggling, when times are tough for me, he will pitch in for me. But Sometimes we forget that we're like, no, here's our chore chart. Here's our, you have to every other day do this. And you have to every, on Thursdays, you this. And it's like, well, what about when Little League's here? What about when this is happening? What about when the, what about the cars? You know, me taking those into those not count. Oh, well, we forget those things. See, we want to have a list of what each person thinks they're doing. And we want to get into the minutia, you know, and we want to look at the seasons of it and then look at, are things fair? And when it's winter time and your your mate's not doing the yard work and you're like, oh, I'm not doing five hours in the yard work. What is it around the house? Are, have they shifted inside to where they're repairing, you know, nail holes in the wall? What are those things? And what does it take to make those things happen? Do I have to go to the store and buy supplies? Dinner isn't just cooking for an hour. Dinner is also planning it and going to the store. Cooking for a half an hour involves three hours of time right? And packaging it up and making extra for freezing or whatever people's patterns are. So those are some of the things that we have to look at. Now, I guarantee people are going to have setbacks and trials and hurdles and weak moments. But if both partners say, I want to give 100%. Now, 100% to me means at any given moment, I'm giving my best. If every partner, if both every, not like you have seven, if both partners (laughs) say, I'm going to give a hundred percent, know that sometimes the best you can give to an outsider is going to look like you only gave 10% because they don't know what's going on. They don't know the mental stress and things like that. But if both of you are giving a hundred percent of what you can at the time, 
you're going to do a lot better, right? You're going to, it's going to be easier for you to support your partner, be stronger for your partner and them the same for you. But if it's no, here's my list and I have to do the chore chart. Now I keep picking on your chore chart. Sorry, Jenny. Um, (laughs) It's okay. We don't have one anymore. (laughs) It's like, well, what's a hundred percent who gets to judge that hundred percent. So I say you want to both be trying to give a hundred percent and understand that 100% today will look different tomorrow. 100% today will look like 10% tomorrow. And next week, it might look like you um, gave a 1,000%, right? And and our job, and I've said this, I think, before on previous podcasts, our job as a mate, when our mate is having a tough time, our, our job is not to look down at them and laugh and ridicule and say, pull yourself up. Our job is to say, what do you need? Do you need a ladder? Do you need a pulley? Do you need a rope? What do you need to get back up here? My job is to reach my hand down and say, here's a tool. What can I do to get you back up here with me? And that's, that's something we sometimes forget to do. We're like, well, you're not doing your part. Okay, that keeps unstuck. What is it you need to get unstuck? How can I help you? If I make dinner tonight, can you get through this mental thing you need to do so that tomorrow we can be in a good space? Yes. Yes. And this is the thing I think that helped us in, in my own personal marriage is when we both decided to give a hundred percent. We, I forget where we heard it from. I think it was um, from our pastor and he had encouraged everyone in our, in our congregation with our spouses to commit to giving a hundred percent of ourselves to life together because we are life partners. And when we did that, it just shifted everything for us in that there are some weeks that I probably, you know, more than pull my weight. I probably do 100% of the things around the house. But then there is like the next week where my husband is doing the bulk of the things and we don't keep score with it. We just say, okay, if we are going to be true life partners, then we need to lock arms, look around what needs to get done. And we both need to get to work making it happen. And and it's not about who's doing it better or who's doing more. At the end of the day, there's not a trophy for the person that, you know, washes more dishes or, or cleans more things or has more hours clocked into taking care of life stuff versus work stuff. But when we both kind of took that approach and it wasn't like a light bulb thing, you know, or it was just like, or a light switch thing, where it was like all of a sudden everything was better. It took us years of like working at that to be able to communicate with each other on what, what it is that we needed. But it was that commitment that we're both giving 100% to our marriage and to our life together that kind of changed things for us. Absolutely. And just to kind of add to that, one of the things that I ask my clients is, do you believe your mate has good intentions towards you? Oh, such a great question. And they'll be like, well, yeah, because if the answer is no, then chores are not the issue. Mm -hmm. We can't solve this with the chores. This is something else we have to work on. But if, if indeed you believe that your mate has good intentions towards you, then honestly, insisting on a 50-50 kind of egalitarian when it comes to chores and things is actually destructive to the fabric of the relationship. Because then you go into scorekeeping and you've got this this possibility that one of either of you is going to feel inadequate and a lack because you're failing to hold up your side or they're failing to hold up their side. And so you have to ask yourself, does my mate have good intentions towards me? And if the answer is indeed yes, then they should also be approachable to say, hey, I'm even, I'm feeling overwhelmed this week. I could use some help, you know, and maybe your mate's going to say, okay, break out the paper plates. I don't want to do dishes and that's normally your job. I'll cook or we're going to go get, we're going to have pizza every night and it's going to be fast food pizza. That's fine. 
and we're doing paper plates. Let them help solve it without again saying, oh, well, this is how you should have done it. I needed help, but then I told you how to do it. And it's yes. like, well, we, no, if your mate's going to step up and try to take the burden off you, they're going to do it differently. And we need to look at that and say, were they trying to help me? Were their intentions honorable towards me? Don't judge how they did it. Did they take something off of my plate? I may not have done it that way, but stop judging it if, you, if you're needing help or something. So good. So, so good. I love that. And it kind of comes back around too to the conversation we had earlier about letting other people have commentary on that. Be like, oh my gosh, he like fed the kids pizza all week. Well, yeah, but the kids are alive. So we're good. <laughs> we made it through the week. And so I think for having those protections and um, I want to, I'm probably going to link to the episode that we did together a couple of years ago. We played it a couple different times, but it's the relation of the marriage to the castle and having those different boundaries and protections around it. Because I think that that really kind of fits into what we're talking about today too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, and I think that we, again, something so much what we said at the beginning, we have to understand our mate and their strengths and their weaknesses and quit asking them to be something they're not. And when we do that, then our mate has the ability to say, I really like vacuuming. I'm willing to dust. I don't love doing it, but I'm willing to dust or whatever. And if we don't, if we don't do that, if we ex- have certain expectations without really delving into what do you like to do? What do you not like to do? What are, what are the chores that you do that I don't even, I don't even think about, you know, because there's so many of those. And my, my ladies will tell me, she's like, I had no idea. I totally haven't thought about the fact that he does this, 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 and this. I'm like, okay. You're like, whoa, I actually am not doing my share sometimes. All you can hear them say. <laughs> okay. I love so it. Maybe go home and make him dinner and give him some love and go, hey, thank you for all the things. Because if this is done well, we have an appreciation from our, our mate. We have a little bit of a smoother track to follow. And we then get to be the role models for our kids. Yes. Yes, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Well, Kimberly, I have loved this conversation. I mean, as always, you bring so much wisdom, so much clarity, and you know, really just kind of love around being a wife and how we can really be the best version of that for ourselves and, and what God has called us to. So I want to thank you so much for everything that you've done over the years for Your Life Rocks. You've been on so many different episodes, providing so much great content for our members, including the worksheet that goes along with the conversation that we're having today. So thank you so much. You are very welcome. I mean, this is what I do. This is my mission and this is my calling. So I am extremely grateful that I get to to share with your listeners and maybe, you know, maybe make an impact from people I'll never meet or I'll never see. And they'll just go, I got that one thing. And if that's, if that's where God wants me to be, and there's just, if there's just one person here that gets something, then it was worth it. And so I am extremely grateful that I get to share and really maybe be of service to you and your listeners. So thank you for the opportunity to be here. And thank you for all that you do to create a platform for people like me and the people who are helping people learn how to homeschool and everything else. Because I know it's a burden on you sometimes. And so thank you for all that you do. Uh, Thank you. Now, Kimberly, for people who want to find out more about the books that you're writing and when they come out or some of the other things that you offer, where's the best place for them to get in touch? Probably the best place to go is to my website. Um, If they want to read some of the stuff and learn some things, maybe get on the mailing list for updates and articles and things like that. That's going to be cherishedwives.com. 
That's also the Facebook um, and also Pinterest, cherishedwives.com. I'm somewhat new to Instagram and I, I mentioned this before, but I've been really slow at building it because I'm busy doing other things. And that's Miss MS Kimberly Walton. So those things. Awesome. And actually Miss Kimberly Walton will send you to my Cherished Wives website too. So if you go there, but. Fantastic. Well, I'm gonna encourage everyone to do that. If they wanna reach out, if anybody's got thoughts or comments on the idea of the help I have the lazy husband or the egalitarian, the 50-50 stuff. If anybody wants to reach out, I am happy to hear what has worked for people. If anybody wants a little bit of um, information on how I can help them and things like that, feel free, reach out. I'd love to hear from people what's working, what's not working. If you want to be interviewed, if you'd like to be part of the beta testing, for the book, maybe be one of the first people who want to read it, send us an email at hello at cherishedwives.com and say, hey, I'd love to read the book, um, be a beta tester on it and go from there. Then I'm happy to you know, spread the word. I want, I want people's marriages to be stronger and happier. Amen to that. Amen to that. Well, thank you so much, my friend. And we will continue praying for you and the mission that God has you on as you continue to write this book and, and pour into so many people's marriages and lives. Thank you. Thank you so much. You have a good day, Jenny. Friends, I hope that this episode with Kimberly just blesses you in so many ways. Kimberly is certainly a gem. And if you go on over to YouTube, you can go to yourliferocks.com forward slash YouTube to find our YouTube channel or just search in YouTube for Your Life Rocks. And we have playlists for all of our past episodes. So if you go to the marriage playlist in there, then you can listen to all of the past episodes with Kimberly and any other marriage experts, any other marriage episodes that we have had in the past over the last five years. So I hope that you go and you check that out. Now, if you haven't yet subscribed to the show, I hope that you do, because next week we are diving into your career and how we can really dive into our faith for our job search. And even if you're not searching for a job, but really how our faith can help put us and align us right where God wants us to be. So until then, keep building a life that rocks. Bye. Hey, just because the episode's over doesn't mean we have to stop hanging out. Head on over to Instagram and follow me there. You can find me at your.life.rocks. Or if you're more of a Facebook kind of girl, Join our community of working Christian moms just like you. You can search Your Life Rocks over on Facebook and connect with us there. And if you're ready to truly create lasting balance and get results in your life, maybe it's time for you to join Life Balance Membership. Download the Your Life Rocks app in iTunes or in Google Play. You can upgrade to the membership right inside the app. And if you're looking for more resources to help you create more balance, head on over to yourliferocks.com.